in our first reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, he proclaims, I hear the whisperings of many, terror on every side. What are our top 10 terrors or fears as a people, as individuals? How about arachnophobia? That's the spear of spiders. Mm. Ophidiophobia. That means you don't like snakes very much. Acrophobia. You don't like being on ladders or in high places. Xenophobia. My cat Misty has this fear. It's the fear of dogs. Astrophobia. The fear of thunder and lightning. Trypanophobia. Fear of injections. Many of us have that fear when we go to the doctor or keep us from going to the doctor because we don't want to get a shot. Social phobia. We fear social situations. And so often, even the thought of being in a crowd or around many people keeps us at home. Agoraphobia. Pretty much the opposite. The fear of being alone. Misophobia. In a time of coronavirus, many people probably have this one. The fear of germs and dirt. My friends, we can be afraid of many things. And so often we can allow our fears to get the best of us. Franklin Roosevelt put it this way. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified fear. So often today, perhaps not in the midst of a great world war, but still calamity on every side, we have nameless, unreasoning, unjustified fear, where we react on emotion instead of actually reasoning everything through. 
We take for face value what we see in the news or read in a newspaper or magazine or what someone tells us without finding out more information, looking at things from multiple sides, getting the full story before we judge or become afraid or give in to our irrational emotions. But Michael Leach from NCR put it this way in a recent article. Guilt makes fear, and fear makes sin, and sin makes guilt, and guilt makes us afraid, and so we sin again to escape more guilt and fear. In other words, it's a vicious cycle from original sin. It is the human condition, the original sin, of thinking that God will abandon us and not let us back home because we once ate a piece of rotten fruit. We become afraid and we lose our senses. Guilt makes fear, and fear makes sin, and sin makes guilt, and guilt makes us afraid, and so we sin again. Because of our irrational fears, we try to do anything we possibly can to get our minds off of them. We try every which way to escape this world. We all have our pastimes. We all have our hobbies. But many times to escape this world and to escape our fears, we find distractions that are ungodly. We find distractions that just lead us farther and farther away from God. And so often we don't return because of fear that somehow God will not forgive us, that somehow we won't be accepted back, that somehow we will be abandoned. But God never abandons us. Rather, he goes after the lost sheep, he seeks what needs to be found. He scans the horizon for the prodigal son or daughter who finally comes to their senses and returns home. Case in point, someone who knew a lot of fear in his life. When he was eight years old, his mother died. When he was 12, his only sibling, Edmund, died of scarlet fever. When he was 19, his country was invaded and occupied by Nazi Germany. When he was 20, he left his father 
and was left or lost his father and was left without a family. Through the Nazi years, he belonged to a church that was persecuted. His parish priests were deported to concentration camps, where 11 of them perished. During the war and afterward, the young man took an active part in underground religious and cultural activities. He was part of the resistance. When Poland passed from Nazi to Soviet domination, he lived for decades under surveillance. As a priest and bishop, he was vulnerable. Members of the clergy and hierarchy sometimes disappeared, fell to assassination, or found themselves in prison or fabricated charges. Others had their reputations destroyed through false accusation. Carol Watiwa, at his first communion, occurred only one month before his mom would die. The young Carol knew danger, and he knew fear. And from the moment of his election, he, like every pope before and since, experienced the papacy itself as an occasion of fear. As pope, he bore the responsibility for a vast church of more than a billion members, thousands of whom were still suffering for the faith under persecution and martyrdom. He bore responsibility for a clergy and laity grown lax in discipline since the free-for-all of the 1960s. He bore the doubt which turns into despair. The burden of a man commissioned to speak for Jesus Christ on earth. And so when he said, do not be afraid, and repeated it, John Paul II was not dropping platitudes. He was speaking with the authority that comes from experience. His motto throughout his papacy was totus tuus, totally yours. He entrusted his papacy to the protection of the Blessed Mother. And isn't that, as Catholics, how we face our fear, how we must face our fear in a world that seems to surround us from all sides, totus tuus, to entrust ourselves totally, undeniably, without reservation to God recognizing that ultimately we belong to him and that we have a savior who has conquered sin and death. If we only live for this world, we have much to be afraid of. But if we live for the next and know that Christ has come to bring us eternal life, then we can stare death and sin right in the eye 
and know that it has no power over us. And so on World Mission Sunday, John Paul II had this to say. The new successor of Peter in the Sea of Rome today makes a fervent, humble, and trusting prayer. Christ, make me become and remain the servant of your unique power, the servant of your sweet power, the servant of your power that knows no eventide. Make me be a servant, indeed the servant of your servants. Brothers and sisters, do not be afraid to welcome Christ and accept his power. Help the Pope and all those who wish to serve Christ and the Christ's power to serve the human person and the whole of mankind. Do not be afraid. Open wide the doors for Christ. To a saving power, open the boundaries of states, economic and political systems, the vast fields of culture, civilization, and development. Do not be afraid. Christ knows what is in man. He alone knows it. So often today, man does not know what is within him, in the depths of his mind and heart. So often he is uncertain about the meaning of his life on this earth. He is assailed by doubt, a doubt which turns into despair. We ask you, therefore, we beg you with humility and trust, let Christ speak to man. He alone has words of life, yes, of eternal life. And so, my friends, may we be admonished by Jesus in today's Gospel reading. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. For everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. May we have the courage from the depths of our hearts this morning to make John Paul II's papal motto our own. Totus tuus. Lord, we are totally, utterly, without holding anything back or in reserve. We are totally yours. And if we are, we have absolutely nothing to be afraid of.